It sure is a big show because Rutgers ScoutCast 54 is here and it features a couple of guests that are going to be a lot of fun to talk to in the body of this program. I am your host of the Rutgers ScoutCast. I've been the host of your Rutgers ScoutCast for over a year now. I am Sam Hellman, the publisher over at Scarlet Report. Thanks to everyone that tuned in and gave feedback to our Inside the Locker Room episode last week, one of our most downloaded episodes of all time. And you know what? That's saying something. We've had Pat Hobbs one-on-one on this show. We've had Chris Ash one-on-one, Jerry Kill. Uh, I could go on and on. Uh, the Every quarterback in this upcoming quarterback competition one-on-one has been on this podcast. But going inside the Rutgers locker room, the Rutgers basketball team's locker room at the Big Ten tournament, fans really seem to love it. I loved being there. And I hope that that interest continues to rise in this Steve Peichel era because they're doing some really special things over in Piscataway. And it's only going to get better as this practice facility gets built, as the locker room renovations are done now. Recruiting keeps going. They've got a good nucleus of a team. They've got a solid coaching staff. I love the chance to put Carl Hobbs on this show. I hope people like hearing from him. That's a guy that knows how to win as a head coach. He went 27-3 and one season with George Washington. But now, basketball season's done. And the focus shifts to football, obviously. And that's where our conversation begins today. My guest is Union defensive end Mike Tverdov, the top defensive end in the state in 2017. Signed by Rutgers. The older fans will remember his brother Pete Tverdov as a key defensive lineman during the really the apex of the Greg Schiano era, 06, 07, 08, 05, that, that time period. Pete was a guy that I spoke to often his senior year. He was kind of a team spokesperson. I, I loved getting to talk to him every Monday, and he came up with some pretty ridiculous lines. I remember one time him getting in trouble because he said, uh, he said going in to play West Virginia in Morgantown was like crawling through the jungles in Vietnam. He, he always had good lines like that, and I hope that Mike brings the same character when he's allowed to start doing interviews on the roster. This week we talked to Mike about his training, because his training is a lot different than your average incoming freshman, and we're going to hear about that in just a minute. After we talk to Mike Tverdov, Brian Doan checks in to talk about Rutgers lacrosse. Number five in the country, undefeated, another big game tonight after the win against Princeton. Anytime you have a top five team at Rutgers, it is worth the discussion. Even if you're not a lacrosse fan, this is a program that's winning, and it's a program that hasn't even reached its potential yet because it's winning despite injuries. And after really the joke that was getting snubbed last year in the NCAAs, it's good to see Rutgers get some recognition in the polls and keep this up, and Rutgers will be dancing this year. So before we talk to Mike Tverdov, something that I I can't not discuss because anyone that knows me knows how hard it must have been for me to keep it a secret that Eric Legrand's big news this week, Eric Legrand is going to become a WWE Hall of Famer, the winner of the Warrior Award. And again, just like lacrosse, if you're not into pro wrestling, fine. If you're not into sports entertainment, fine. But even if you don't like it, it's just such a significant accomplishment. It's like winning the Jimmy V Award, which Eric won that too. It's like that for the WWE. And even if you're not into wrestling, a lot of kids are, and a lot of people are going to see someone like Triple H 
congratulating Eric LeGrand. I mean, Rutgers was featured on Monday Night Raw. That's two, three million viewers a week. Rutgers, the block R, was on there for three full minutes of a broadcast. That's pretty cool. And I've made this point already, but for a program that gets so many negative headlines, the press loves to joke about Rutgers. Fans from other schools love to make fun of Rutgers. For something this positive to happen is nothing but good news. It is great to have Rutgers in the headlines for a positive reason like this. So congratulations to Eric LeGrand. He really is a warrior, as everyone knows. I'll tell you what, I'd love to see him running down the ramp with a steel chair someday. I will I will be in Orlando with Eric LeGrand during WrestleMania weekend, so I'll have more coverage for you. Maybe he'll pop in on the podcast. We'll be around some other former Rutgers football players as well that weekend, so maybe we will have a lot of fun on the podcast. We'll see how it goes. So a final congratulations to Eric LeGrand. Spring practice is less than a week away, and we're really going to dive into that preview stuff over on Scarlet Report. Literally, I have one more free trial available, extended free trial to Scarlet Report through this podcast, and I'd love for someone to grab it before it's gone. So email me, shelman at scout.com, for more information. We're going to have a ton of coverage from every spring practice possible. In addition to everything that goes on the rest of the way with the lacrosse team, to breaking down the rest of the NCAA championships in wrestling going on as we speak or as you listen. It's going to be a busy spring at Scarlet Report. It's a lot more than just football, but that is the focus of this episode and our guest, Mike Tverdov. Joining me now on the hotline is Rutgers signee, incoming defensive end, Mike Tverdov from Union High School. Mike, what's going on? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm I'm doing good. I mean, it's been a bit of a chilly week. Uh, have you been able to dig yourself out and make your way down to Rutgers campus yet this week? Uh, I've dug myself out to go to the gym because Rutgers is on spring break right now, so I haven't been able to lift this week. But uh, thank God I haven't uh, had to deal with that the past few weeks because the weather's been holding up. But other than that, you know, I haven't, you know, gone too crazy over the snow. So the the reason I wanted to have you on the Rutgers Scout cast this week, I ran into you about a month ago in the Hale Center and you told me you're going to be training all semester down yeah. in, in that facility. First off, how do you get that kind of schedule where you just get to leave high school at noon every day? Well, um, I basically work something out at my school where I can leave school after um, four periods because originally... I planned on enrolling early, but um, I kind of made the move too late, so that was kind of out of the question, and I really still wanted to take advantage of me living so close, you know, the facilities being right there and whatnot, and um, from what my coaches and brothers told me, some players in the past used to train there when they were still in high school, so, um, you know, I basically worked something out with Coach um, Ash and, you know, my school, and we figured out a plan for me, so I leave every day. Um, about a little before 11, I drive straight to the health center every day and I work out about four or five days a week, depending on, uh, everyone's schedule. I work out on a Saturday morning with guys too, but, so that's basically what I've been doing since signing day. So you're like a three-quarter year enrollee, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's what they kind of call me. They call me like a, you know, kind of a quarter enrollee because I'm not like technically taking classes or anything like that yet. 
Um, I, I know that I, I don't know all the rules involved with who you can train with and who you can work with, but what what has the process been like? And, and I guess explain to me what, what kind of rules you're following to make sure that nobody gets in trouble with this one. Well, obviously, you know, we're following all the guidelines and whatnot, so, you know, I can never really, um, I can't, well, I can't ever train with, you know, like Coach Parker or Coach Springer, guys like that, because, you know, it's against the NCAA, so they actually, uh, they have the intern, like, spot me and kind of, like, monitor me throughout my workouts, you know, he's still, like, he still basically, like, tries to, like, kill me every workout, <laughs> there's no such thing as an easy workout over there, so every day we're going, like, you know, absolutely crazy, but, um, yeah, you know, so I'll do that, and then after, you know, sometimes, some days I'll watch film, or, you know, I'll just, I'll have my shake and just hang out around the lounge, or, you know, do whatever, pretty much, then I'll head home, but, um, you know, the, my contact with the coaches is limited, you know, sometimes I'll see, like, you know, Coach Ash, or Coach Blas, or Coach Burnham, you know, we'll, like, chat for a little bit, and, you know, then I'm just back to work or whatnot, so it, it's, it's definitely fun, I'm glad I'm taking advantage of my proximity to the school and whatnot, so. How much, how much would you say your, your body has changed or your workout uh, has improved since signing day, since you started doing this? Oh my God, significantly. Um, on my official visit to Rutgers in December, I was 221, and just the other day I was 241. So, you can already tell the difference in the impact it's had on me in just a short amount of time, so, um, but they've definitely already transformed my body a lot, you know, in just a little over a month, it's been a month and a half, my body fat's going down a little bit, getting more toned up, I definitely feel like more flexible and agile, obviously I feel a lot stronger and whatnot, that was basically the whole point of this, you know, just taking advantage of being so close and, you know, me wanting to make an impact next year, so I'm just trying to do everything I can to help myself become a better athlete. Wow, so you're up 20 pounds, and I'm going to assume that that's good weight. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not just grease trucks and dominoes, right? No, I try to stay away from that. But my jeans, my jeans are getting smaller around my waist, but my thighs are getting bigger, so i gotta, I got to do something next time I go shopping. So. <laughs> um, what? Now, I, I, like you said, I know that Rutgers is killing you because that's kind of what college training is about is, is being really intense. But what are the differences? Like, what are you doing now in your training that's different than what your high school coaches had you doing? I mean, putting on 20 pounds in a month is impressive. Well, I mean, you can definitely feel your muscles. Are, I literally feel like your muscles are hungry after every workout. So immediately I, I pound a shake and I eat a, a gigantic post-workout meal and obviously I'll eat after that but it's just it's the amount of training and the the time we do it for the workouts are longer um you do more in the exercises you do more weight you uh there's there's basically no type of break so it's you're kind of conditioning yourself as well as getting stronger at the same time and um every day we work on something different if we're not working on Agility, we're working on speed. If we're not working on speed, we're working on conditioning. If we're not working on conditioning, we're working on flexibility, stuff like that. So every workout has its own different um, scenario where, like, we activate, like, different muscle groups or, you know, work a different part of your body or whatnot. So it's, it's definitely a leg up from high school workouts. You know, I'll kind of miss those workouts. I thought they were hard. I'm kind of laughing at myself that I thought that, but, you know, it's... <laughs> It's, it's, it's only going to help me in the long run. 
you know, I hate it now, but I know it's going to pay off one day, so. Um, Co- Coach Ash made a, one of his early earliest hires at Rutgers was Allison Cremeyer, the nutritionist. Uh, yeah. How much is nutrition, how much has that changed and been a part of you adding weight and getting getting more physically fit? Oh, well, no, Allison's helping tremendously. My first day there, you know, I had a, about a 15-minute conversation with her, and, you know, we kind of told her the plan, like I was trying to put on weight because I was like, originally – struggling and whatnot, you know, she kind of gave me the breakdown, you know, how much I need to eat, and I basically knew, you know, you're supposed to have, you know, six meals, your greens, your carbs, your meats, all that, but, it, like, she kinda, I was telling her what I was eating, she, didn't, she told me, like, the quantity wasn't enough, you know, I was still eating, like, a little kid kind of, I was eating a lot, but not enough, so I kind of, like, stepped it up in a few areas, I started eating some new things, I didn't even think I'd, like, you know, really like eating, like, avocado and all that stuff, I don't eat that stuff, but... You know, she she's trying to tell me to try new things and, you know, have a lot of, like, smoothies and juices like that because stuff like that helps you get bigger, too. So, Allison's definitely, I'm glad she's with us. Um, how, how much advice or how involved has your brother Pete been in your training? I mean, he's a guy that put on a ton of good weight at Rutgers, and yeah. I don't think he came to Rutgers wanting to play nose tackle, and that's what he oh, ended no. up doing. Yeah, I mean, Pete, Pete's always helped me from you know, like a young age, like especially with gaining weight, because like you said, you know, he knows what it takes, and you gotta be big to play defensive line in the Big Ten. But um, no, like you know, he's, he he knows he knows that I need to um, he knows that I know what I need to do. You know, as far as you know, like getting my meals in, my protein shakes, and you know, he always tells me you have to treat your body like a temple. If you put good fuel in it, your your body's gonna run like a Ferrari. You know, you gotta you gotta treat your body with care. You know, that that comes with um you know, rehab and getting your body back after workouts too, not just eating. So, um, you know, he still gives me tips here and there, but, you know, I pretty much know like, what I have to do from now on. So, so talking, talking Rutgers, what is the feedback that you've been hearing so far from the recruits that have already enrolled? You know, Brendan Bordner at your position, I'm sure, can give you some insight into what you need to expect in a couple weeks when you enroll or a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I talk to those guys a lot. Like, I see them almost every day, you know, like Sam, Micah, Jamal, Brendan, you know. We, we always talk, and we hung out a couple times. But um, I, they, they pretty much tell me the same stuff, you know, like, they, you know, it, it's going to get harder from here. You know, but, like, from, like, what they've told me, that, like, no matter what, they'll take care of you. You know, like, they'll – everybody finds their way sooner or later. Some, for some, it, for some it, take, it takes longer. For others, it takes shorter. You know, it just depends how well you adapt. But – you know, um, they're going to take care of you, and pretty much you have nothing to worry about. But I'm just, you know, they're kind of happy that, you know, I'm kind of getting involved in the strength program early because it's not going to, like, smack me in the face as hard, as, as hard, you know, as it would if I was just coming in, you know, June, per se. So uh, it, we're, we're always in, you know, constant contact and whatnot. We're always, like, keeping in touch with each other, but it's going well. Now, I'm sure you have a, a busy day today, so just a few more questions from me. With with spring practice for Rutgers starting next week, you're already on campus almost every day training. I take it you're going to be watching a lot of spring practice, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm already watching like as much film as I can, you know, three, four times a week. But um, you know, definitely after my workouts, I'm going to be you know, at a ton of spring practices. And, you know, I'm going to try to see and get as close as I can to – what they're doing, especially with the defense and, you know, learning the schemes and whatnot, because I still have a long way to go, believe it or not. But, uh, 
No, I'm, I'm looking forward to that too because, you know, it's going to be good to see those guys out in action and, you know, getting a glimpse of the 2017 season coming up. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, I, I, I close these interviews. I ask the same three questions to everyone that I talk to, kind of Rutgers-related questions. My, my first question to you is uh, who would you say is your, your favorite Rutgers athlete of all time? And, and please don't pick your brother. Please be a little more creative. <laughs> um, besides my brother, because, you know, Pete knows he, that's my guy. But, um, of course. That's a tough one. Uh, besides my brother, that, that's kind of hard. Uh, you know, with that one, I'm probably going to have to go with I'd say Jamal Westerman because actually, oh God, Jamal's probably going to hate me for this, but I got to go back on that. I got to say Eric Foster. Oh, good because, one. Because uh, he kind of like, you know, invented the chop in a way. Or at least I think he did, you know, like as a kid, like I was like so cool. And, you know, with Coach Giannis, where he's like, you always got to keep chopping. And, you know, Eric was a great leader and he was undersized at his position like my brother was. And, you know, those are two guys that were just really, really hard workers and didn't let any obstacles get in their way. But, um, yeah, no, he was definitely a great guy to look up to, and he was a great team player, so he's definitely one of my favorite guys that I, was, I was, had the privilege to watch, especially when I was younger, so I have to say Big E is. Yeah, I think that everyone uh, everyone has probably watched his locker room thing on YouTube a hundred oh, times God, by yeah. now. How can you not? <laughs> um, my second question, and this I think could be a really interesting one for you, is when you think about Rutgers, uh, what is your favorite memory that comes to mind? Um, my favorite memory, you know, I'd have to say it would be the, I mean, this is probably like everybody's favorite memory, but yeah. I'd have to say Louisville upset because, you know, I just, you know, it, the, just the magnitude of that game and it just changed the culture of Rutgers and, you know, when we knocked off the number three team in the country that never happened before in school history and, you know, because it, it kind of makes me feel good because I really do believe we're going to relive that moment in, you know, the upcoming you know, season or whatever, whenever the time comes that, you know, that's going to be the change in the program once again. That's going to be the foundation when we upset a big team like that. So I'd have to say the, the big Louisville win from 2006 is my favorite memory. I, I guess you were probably about seven or eight at the time. Did you storm the field or were you too small? Oh, uh, I tried to hop the fence and my mom grabbed me by my neck. So I had to wait till things calmed down and they let me down over with my brother. That's pretty good parenting, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last question, if you're allowed to have one more meal on the Rutgers campus, where are you going and what are you ordering? Oh, God. On Rutgers campus? It could be anywhere on campus? Yeah, just the general Rutgers area. Oh, gosh. I'm going to Giovanelli's, the fat sandwich joint, and I'm getting a fat blunt. That's my favorite. That is, yeah, that is a any, – any of those pizza joints on Easton Ave, I think, is a safe pick. Oh, God, yeah, trust me. I, I, I try not to go to too many of them because, you know, I want to keep my body intact, but, man, it's, it's so tempting. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, hey, I, Mike, I appreciate the time. Who who you got winning March Madness? Uh, Louisville. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You just you just, just uh, put over Rutgers beating Louisville, and now you're picking them to win the tournament. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's my pool. I got Louisville winning it. All right, Mike. Well, thanks for the time. Uh, I'm sure everyone enjoyed hearing from you, and we'll be seeing you at spring practice. All right, thanks, Mike. Thanks again to Mike Divertov for the the fun interview there. As you know, now that he's signed, I can say, please go ahead and tweet him. Thank him for coming on and 
interact with him again now that he's signed because before well you know how i feel about tweeting recruits anyway now we are going to welcome in to the show our scarlet report lacrosse analyst brian Dome. what's up brian Yep, well today it is lacrosse, and you are the closest thing Scarlet Report has to an expert in the sport where Rutgers going into the game at NJIT tonight, number five in the country, coming off a huge win for the program over Princeton. Brian, your thoughts? Well, my initial thought was Princeton, it was a big win. Look, Rutgers is fifth, Princeton was 15th, and Rutgers went in and took care of business, 16-11, which is exactly what you want, a nice, comfortable win. I mean, look, when I broke into newspapers long, long ago, I got to cover Princeton in the Final Four lacrosse when Bill Tierney was the coach and went on to Denver. And I remember sitting with Bill, and he would diagram plays and really explain the game to me. So I bring that up from the standpoint of Princeton has a very rich history with lacrosse. And to see what Rutgers has done recently has been absolutely tremendous um, with Coach Brecht. But to take care of business on just a miserable night, I mean, it, it was so cold that I was going to take my kids to the game. And they opted not to because of the temperatures. Um, but to go take care of business and, and move the ball around like the way they did, was, it's a good job by them. And now you better go take care of NJIT and Delaware, um, which, you know, friend of yours, Sam, would probably be at that game cheering on the Blue Hens, but, you know, let's get it set up for when you get in the conference play against Hopkins at the end of the month. Yeah, it, it's, it feels similar to when we talk about wrestling and being a ranked program, because, yes, Rutgers lacrosse is ranked and deserves to be a top five team. They have a first place vote in the polls, but guess what? Two other Big Ten teams are in the top five ahead, so we're not talking about Rutgers being a heavy contender to win the whole conference tournament because you have teams like Maryland and you have teams like Penn State and even Johns Hopkins that isn't having the best year. This is a really, really competitive league. So being undefeated now doesn't mean nearly as much as you think because you know who's coming up on the schedule. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. And it tells you while their struggles go on in football and basketball tries to make a headway, it's nice to see them compete at a high level in wrestling and in lacrosse. It also makes you realize if you can have success at the conference level, it means you're going to have success at the national level. And having a top five ranking is huge. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win the Big Ten or they're going to win the NCAAs, but the next step for this program is getting to the NCAAs. They got absolutely hosed last year when Hopkins went ahead of them. That was a joke. Meeting Hopkins twice during the regular season, and then Hopkins goes up and gets absolutely obliterated at Brown. Um, but, you know, when you watch it, and like I said, I, I covered it long ago. My kids play the game now, so they, you know, you have a basic understanding. What they do is they're really good in transition where they're going to, you know, be, Look, 16-11 tells you how many goals are being scored in games, so there's going to be a lot of shots and a lot of goals. But when you make the save, when you get the turnover in your defensive end, can you get it up the field quickly? And Rutgers is one of the fastest teams in the country when it comes to transition, and that's where they can get a lot of points, a lot of goals, and, and really drive home the point of speed, speed, 
succeed, and, and that's why they're successful. And you know, when you get to get these better teams, when you're playing Hopkins, Maryland, Penn State, when you shut them down defensively, can you turn around and really work your offense and get goals there? And I think that's the next step for this team. Two two points closing from me. The first is think about how much better this team could even be with without injuries. Uh, Rutgers lost one of its top players, and also Rutgers lost one of its face-off specialists, who the football fans know, Alex Schoen, uh, walk-on for the football team. So they're not even playing with a full deck, and they're doing this. And then the other point is, you know, this is what happens when you recruit Northern Virginia athletes. Uh, Rutgers lacrosse has four of them, and this is what happens. You win. Well, I mean, I look at it from the standpoint of it takes time to build a program. And, yeah, they've suffered through some injuries, but you need to have depth. And it doesn't matter what sport you're talking about. This shows that Rutgers has some depth. And, you know, I remember a few years ago, they were really struggling. And speaking with, you know, Jordan Ozer, who is the sports information director for the lacrosse program, I remember speaking with him a few years ago. He was like, look, a lot of young kids in the program, give them time, they're developing. This is what it takes. It takes time to build a program. And right now, you know, there's not a ton of lacrosse teams. So if you're in the top 20, it's not a great indicator because like wrestling, there's not a ton of programs. But it's when you break into the top 10 where the elite competition is all gathered together, that tells you that you've got something brewing there and, and things are going well. And so look, that we're devoting some time to lacrosse tells you how well they're doing. It also tells you that People are talking about it on the message boards because we're always going to go to what people want to talk about. They're the ones that are going to dictate the news in a lot of these sense. Um, so for me, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see, and, and I just wonder where they can continue to go to because it is a developing team because they really haven't been in this territory before. It is mailbag time here on the Rutgers ScoutCast. I know, shorter episode this week. Honestly, I just... I didn't think people needed to hear me bloviate for 45 minutes about off-season football and, and 2018 basketball recruiting. So we'll keep it a little short this week. Next week, I am supposed to have linebacker Antonio Lowry on the show. Antonio Lowry, as most should remember, was a Greg Schiano recruit, played five years. His younger brother Antoine also played five years at Rutgers. Antonio Lowry is very involved with charities, and he has something coming up pretty soon that we're going to talk about with a lot of the NFL guys, the Rutgers guys, coming to give back to his charity basketball game. That's next week. This week, it's mailbag time. The on-topic question this week came from one of our premium subscribers over on Scarlet Report. Contact me at Sam Hellman Scout or shellman at scout.com for more information about that or if you'd like to submit your own question to a future Rutgers ScoutCast mailbag. Anyway, this question is, Sam, how do you think the quarterback situation will play out this spring? Oh, man, I wish that that was an easy question to answer, but Rutgers and quarterback, (laughs) who knows? I guess guess what I would say to start is my assumption and my expectation is that Giovanni Rossigno is going to pretty much be the guy this spring. Now, do I think he is the guy long-term? I I don't know. I I haven't seen enough yet. But I think that of the options that Rutgers currently has enrolled, he's the guy that needs 
the most time this spring because, you know, Zach Allen is, this is his senior year and I'm sure he's going to make some noise this spring. He made a lot of noise in training camp, training camp last year with his ability to move. I don't think that what you saw from him against Michigan is a fair representation of what he can do. But at the same time, we're talking about a guy that transferred from TCU as a wide receiver and never pushed very hard past that second spot in last year's cluster muck of a quarterback competition. Tylen Odin, I look at Tylen Odin and I look at this as a reboot for him. I wasn't a huge fan of his effort as a true freshman, and this is a new offense that he's going to have to learn and Hopefully, he is doing everything he can in the weight room to improve physically and in the classroom and in the meetings, being on time, working hard. That, that's step one when you're a quarterback. And that's how Gio Rossino won the job last year. Is he was the guy that was killing it in the meetings, always working hard in practice, even when maybe the coaches weren't watching. He always gave it his all, and that's how he won the job. I'd like to see Tyler Noden do that this spring. Now... I've said this a hundred times and it's totally, you know, we all have our own opinions and it's totally fair to disagree with me, but I have no problem with Tyler Noden playing last year. Tyler Noden, first off, go tell me who the last quarterback was to play and contribute for five years at Rutgers. Just doesn't happen that much. Quarterbacks don't stay for five years. It it just doesn't happen unless you're a, a red shirt that comes into a rock star but can't quite hit that NFL ceiling like Mike Teal. It just it doesn't happen. I mean, look at the two could-be fifth-year seniors from last year's team. Hayden Reddick had already transferred once, and he transferred again. Chris Laviano, he left. And, heck, look at Zach Allen, who's a fifth-year senior now. He's on his second team. It just doesn't happen that much. So I don't get the we need to save him as a freshman so he's available as a redshirt senior. I mean – now, what happens if Tylen Oden goes through some injury problems at some point in his career? Now he has this option to sit out and use the redshirt year that he hasn't used yet and doesn't have to worry about the absurdity of the medical redshirt process. Or what if Tylen Oden decides to transfer in two years and it certainly benefits him to have that redshirt year and not have to sit out a full year? And for Rutgers, it gave Rutgers a chance to really learn what that offense was supposed to be about because Chris Laviano couldn't run it with his legs. And I get that Rutgers didn't trust Tylen Oden to throw the football. I, I still don't know if I trust him to do that much this spring, but at least it was something different. It was something exciting, and they, they made the most of it. Now, did he develop as much as the staff hoped? Probably not. And it was disappointing by the end of the year. But what happens if Gio Rochino didn't have that one big game? Then what does Rutgers have at all for the end of last season? That's why I don't have a problem with it. This isn't 1971 when quarterbacks probably stayed and developed and didn't transfer. It's, we're talking about 2017 where more people transfer than graduate at the school that they sign with in high school. So... I guess to sum up your question real quick, I expect Giovanni Rochino to see the most work, and I think he deserves the most work because if he was able to win a starting job last year with how little opportunity he got, imagine what he could do or how much he could grow as someone that is a student, under, a student of the game under Jerry Kill. 
I don't know. I'd love to see a legitimate quarterback battle between Rossinho and Jonathan Lewis this year, and the spring is the first step for Gio. The off-topic question this week came from Twitter, came from Brian something. I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't write down your name, and I'm not recording this near a computer. I, I, I can't give you the at-mentioned shout-out. But the question was, who do I pick in March Madness? Uh, I didn't do a bracket. I never do brackets anymore because I feel like it's more fun to watch the games if you don't have that rooting interest. Because then, you know, say I uh, say I pick Notre Dame to go to my Elite Eight or something, but, I mean, everything in me is wanting Princeton to win that game. I know Princeton didn't win that game, but it's a lot easier to cheer for the upsets and the underdogs and just cheer for who you like more when you don't have a, a money interest or a winning my bracket interest. So I, I didn't do a bracket. Uh, someone asked me this the other day on the, on the scarletreport.com, and I picked UCLA for really no reason. Uh, I'll stick with that. I, I love the – look, I'm a big NBA fan, and my favorite part of the NBA is how absurd it is. So I love that the ball family with UCLA is so out of control. That is a lot of fun to me. So I'd love to see UCLA take it. As far as who I want to win, um, I don't know. I really like Purdue. I think that's the best team that Rutgers played this year. I really like Purdue. But after the Big Ten tournament, I'm not really sure. I I wouldn't pick them to win it. But that's a team I'd like to see win. And you can send your hate mail to me, but I grew up a Duke fan. Blame my parents who went to Duke. So I will always watch the Blue Devils. And it was cool to cover them in the tournament last year. Uh, I like Villanova too, though. I I really want to see a Villanova-Duke Elite Eight game. That's what I'm rooting for in this tournament. So thanks for the question. Thanks for all the questions this week. Like I said, next week, Antonio Lowry will be the guest on the podcast, number 50, before Quentin Gauze wore number 50. Uh, Also a very good multi-year starting linebacker for Rutgers during the, the Big East days. So we'll hear from Antonio next week. If you have any questions for him, Feel free to tweet or email those at Sam Hellman Scout or Sam Hellman Scout on Facebook or however you want to reach me. I'd love to get any other questions for the mailbag on topic, off topic. Keep in mind that this will record, this will air right after practice one of Chris Ash. So there will probably be a heavy spring practice influence discussion on there outside of our conversation with Antonio Lowry. This has been episode 54 of the Rutgers Scoutcast, and I am your host, Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening.